Praise the Lord. Um, the techs need to check the, uh, um, the, the they need to check the, the microphone uh, to make sure that it's got battery life. So praise the Lord. So the fact that you were saved and you were born again without having to go into your mother's womb a second time, well, number one, it made her happy, but at the other thing, is it's a miracle of God because you got a second chance. See, our God is a God of second chances, amen? And today we're going to be looking at Galatians 4, 4 through 7, and um, she's not going to move the slide for you, just listen here for a minute. And it says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Thank you. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And we're going to actually look at that a little differently. Wherefore, thou art no more servants, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Oh, Lord, I just thank you and praise you that you came to this world because you so love the world, Father, that you gave your only begotten Son as the very first Christmas present so that we could be saved, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we thank you, Lord, that we could become born again because of Jesus. Oh, Lord, touch us, I pray. Speak to our hearts by your Holy Spirit in the precious name of Jesus. And I thank you for your anointing. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't you love technology? <laughs> but let's look at that. We'll look at verse 4 here. And the first miracle, we, we've got three miracles we're going to look at. The first one is the miracle of Christmas itself. The incarnation. The incarnation. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Praise the Lord. Hey, don't worry about it, Karen. It's, it's not your fault, it's the computers. Right? That, that's, how, that's how we look at things around here. So if you hear funny things, it's not her fault. Um, it was the computer. And that's just how we are. I, I kind of feel... Um, this is kind of silly. Anyway, um, I'll wear it anyway, because um, Christmas is supposed to be a joyous time. Um, but when the fullness of time was come, but when the fullness of time was come, this is referring to the time which completed the time designated by God that should elapse before the Son of God would come. Now, you're going, huh? Um, it's very simple. From when time began to when Jesus was born, that's what it's talking about, when the fullness of time had come. You see, all of history up to this point was preparation for the first Christmas. Now, if you look at the word history, H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, it's really... When you look at it, and I was taught this when I was elementary school, in grade school, that it is his story. 
If you really break it down, it's his story. Whose story? Jesus Christ, God's story. It's how he made it when the fullness of time. Before this time, it wouldn't have done it any good for Jesus to come. But he came at the right time in history. Just like now, history is moving toward the second coming of Christ. There's a lot of things going on. That's why our next Sunday school lesson is going to be about um, um, Revelations chapter 8. Uh, when we move from learning about the Holy Spirit, we're going to move to Revelations chapter 8 and study a prophecy there that talks, and it looks like, according to NASA, according to NASA, this prophecy is going to be, before Jesus got, comes back, there's certain things that have to happen. And according to NASA, this prophecy is going to happen. Now, the ones at NASA, they don't want to scare us all, so they're now, they're making things, they're saying, that, no, this is going to, it's going to happen this way now, but the truth be known, um, they're not going to be able to hide it from us, and they know it. And so, um, one person from NASA says, we're going to have to hand out Bibles to everybody and teach them how to pray. Wow, that's coming from a NASA scientist. Come on. In fact, the man who, from NASA who talked about it was actually um, took, a, took a side at NASA and told him, you've got to stop talking about this, period. Otherwise, um, you're going to lose your job and everything else. Your reputation, everything, because we're going to, we don't want you talking about it. We don't want you. But, you know, these things are going to happen before Jesus, because just like the first time Jesus came, the fullness of time had come. The history is coming very quickly towards the second coming of Jesus Christ. All indications are there. And the number one indication that Jesus is coming back is because Israel's back was reborn into the world. Israel, 70 years ago, came back as a nation. Now, this shouldn't scare us. Because for us believers, um, Jesus is coming back and we get to be raptured and we get to live for eternity and we're not going to be sitting on a cloud someplace playing a harp. If you think that's what heaven's going to be like, that's silly. Because we get to live in a city. A big city. A huge city. It's huge. If you look at the dimensions in Revelation, how big that city is and how tall the walls are, because that's how tall the buildings are going to be. And Jesus says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. Isn't that exciting? And it's not going to be boring. You see, you were made in God's image. Let me ask you a question. Is God creative? When you get to, when you get to go to, when you're in glory in heaven with God, you're as still as creative as you are today. And I don't think it's going to be boring there. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you get to, you get to do things that you never dreamt possible. The next line in verse 4 says, God sent forth his Son. Now, I want you to notice, I want you to understand something. It was God the Father who acted. It was God the Father who acted. He is the one who sent forth his Son. He is the one who told the angel to go see Mary and say to her, um, Guess what, Mary? God has favored you amongst all, above all the woman who, women who have ever been born, and he wants you to carry his Son. And she looks at him and says, Okay, I'll be pliant. Um, you go ahead. Let it be done unto me. And the Holy Spirit came upon her, and Jesus was conceived in her her womb and then um, Joseph of course agreed to marry her and um, foster Jesus all those years think about that 
I don't know why all these kids go around going complaining about being a foster kid. Um, that's what Joseph did for Jesus. Huh? And that worked out okay. Did it not? Well, his mother was there. Of course she was there. Jesus would leave his glory above and to become just like one of us. The only difference is that Jesus would know no sin. You see, Jesus is the only one who never sinned. Can you, oh man, that must have been nice raising him. <laughs> Jesus, will you, will you and that dog quiet down? Okay, mom. Jesus, go clean your room. Okay, Pa. Jesus, come here and wash these dishes. All right. Jesus, will you take your little brother Jude out to the park to play with him on the swing sets? And you never heard him say, Ah, oh, Ma, can't James do it? Nope, okay, I'll do it. Man, oh man, can you imagine being his brothers and sisters? <sighs> Get lectured by Joseph. Why can't you be more like your brother Jesus? He never causes us any problems. <laughs> and then Joseph up and dies, right? Can you imagine being the young man coming, wanting to marry one of Jesus' sisters? And having to go, because Joseph's dead, having to go to Jesus and ask permission to marry her? <laughs> and, and Jesus knows their heart? You know, Hal, <laughs> if you're going to marry my sister, you're going to have to do some changing. <laughs> uh, I couldn't imagine going, oh, praise the Lord. The law required man to act. The law required man to act. To keep it, um, the law required man to act. To keep it perfectly. That's the, the, the law of Moses. This requirement demonstrated man's inability to do that. Now think about that. God sent forth his son, but he first he gave us the law. And nobody was ever able to keep it perfectly. And, and Paul says the law was there as our school teacher to show us why we needed a Savior. Now, there's more than ten commandments in the Old Testament. There are lots of them. Now, how many here in the last week have eaten bacon? Okay. How many here are planning to have ham or pork for Christmas dinner? Guess what? How many here has eaten shrimp? Oh my Lord, according to the law, you all deserve to go to hell. According to the law, you all deserve to go to hell because you broke the law. You are not to eat any of that. Thank you, Jesus, that you came so that we can eat bacon. 
Now, I'm glad he saved my soul. I, I would give up bacon any day to be with Jesus. But I, I'm so glad. You know, you know what happened? You know, Peter was praying one day on a rooftop. He was staying at the tanner's house. And the tanner made his goods out of pig flesh. Peter wasn't supposed to be at that house, and he was acting like he was superior and all this great stuff, and then God gave him a vision, and all these un, this, this, this tarp came down from heaven and was full of unclean animals. And he says, get up and eat. And Peter says, no way, I can't eat any of that. I can't eat, that looks like a good ham, but I can't eat that. I can't eat shrimp or lobster or any of that stuff. I'm not, but God said to him, what I have declared is clean, is clean. And so because Jesus died on the cross, Peter learned, because the next day, after he had his vision, there was a knock on the door and he had to go to a Gentile's house and tell him about Jesus. And the Gentiles got, the first Gentiles got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now think about that. Shh. Think about it. If Peter didn't understand that what God has declared clean is clean, he might have gone ahead and had the wrong, I can't go to a Gentile's house. I can't go tell them about Jesus, but no, God made sure he understood that things have changed. Jesus has fulfilled the law. He has fulfilled the requirement. He paid our penalty so that we didn't have to. We deserved death and hell. But Jesus went to the cross and took that penalty for us so that we didn't have to suffer those things. And Jesus took what we deserved on himself and carried our sins upon him so that all we have to do is ask for forgiveness and ask Jesus into our hearts because he fulfilled the requirement because the only, re the only thing that would pay our penalty was a perfect sacrifice. One who never knew sin. As sin came in the world through Adam, salvation came into the world through Jesus Christ. The Son of God requires nothing from man, nothing from us, other than his confidence in Jesus' work on the cross. Think about that. Do we have confidence in his work for us on the cross? And then it says, the verse goes on and says, made under the law. And made under the law, this refers to the Mosaic law. Jesus was subject to the Jewish legal economy, which he had to be. This is if he was to redeem fallen humanity. In other words, he had to keep the law perfectly, which no human being had ever done, but he did it. I mean, at 12 years old, my word, he's in the temple teaching the priests and the scribes and the leaders of the Sanhedrin what the Word of God had to say because he knew it better than they did at 12 years old. Now, we've seen the miracle of Christmas, the incarnation. Oh, before I, we go to the next slide, incarnation just means God becoming flesh, God putting on flesh, God coming down as a baby being born into this world. And by the way, you need to believe in the virgin birth. If there was no virgin birth, there's no salvation. Here's what I mean. Now listen up, ladies, you're going to like this. Did you know that sin is not the mom's fault? Well, Eve talked bad. I mean, just... 
That's not who God held responsible. God held Adam responsible for sin coming into the world. The sin gene, this is the easiest way for me to explain it, the sin gene, that part of the DNA that's given to us that causes us to be sinners, is passed from the father, not the mother. I bet you didn't, some of you didn't know that. The sin is passed through the father, not through the mother. This is what the top reason why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. Because his father in heaven was his father. Guess what? He wasn't born with the sin gene. You know what David said? I was conceived in sin. Because his father passed that gene to him. Now, they wouldn't call it genes back then because they didn't know. Genes to them would have been pants that you put up. No, they didn't even know about those things. But that's what caused And so Jesus being born of a virgin, so this is why we need to believe that Mary was a virgin. Now, she's not what they, they teach at. She's not perfect like they teach in another church in town. She doesn't want us praying. For, you know, she doesn't hear a single prayer. She's up in heaven. She died just like the rest of us will die a natural death. She's up there in heaven with Jesus and God the Father and all her family members that are saved. She's, she got to see her boys, James and Jude, come home to heaven. And, and she's up there, but she didn't hear anybody's prayers because she's just like anybody other human being. We pray to Jesus. Jesus hears our prayers. God the Father hears our prayers. The Holy Spirit hears our prayers. The Bible speaks clearly that we go to Jesus, our great high priest, in prayer. Now we can go to the next, next slide. The miracle applied redemption. The miracle applied redemption. Isn't that good? We have the miracle of Christmas, Jesus coming as a human being, and now we apply that miracle redemption. Isn't that good to, you know, if you learn something and you don't apply it, you're not going to remember it? So, okay, I'll give you an example. Hal used to be a baker. Hal was taught how to make chocolate chip cookies. And as I hear, he used to make the best chocolate chip cookies. He never skimped on the chips. He always put enough chocolate chip cookies in there to satisfy you with your cold glass of milk. And so, at least that's the story I'm told. Yeah. Now, oh, I got to tell this story. When I lived in Salina, Kansas, how many here have eaten Red Baron pizza or Tony's pizzas? They're all made in Salina, Kansas. And it's at the old Air Force Base. Now, you'd love this because your, your group home, yep. Everybody from your group home would have a job at Tony's Pizza. And they, they transport everybody. And they get, they get paid a really good wage at Tony's Pizza. And you know what the president of Tony's Pizza, the CEO says about Tony, at Tony's Pizza says about all the folks that would be coming from your group home? He says, I never have to correct them on their job. 
When I tell them I want this many pepperonis put on each pizza, guess what? There's that many pepperonis put on the pizza. Not, not one less, not one more. And the cool thing about them is they never eat the product while they're working. Because you know how good pepperonis are. Nom, 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 nom. And um, he said, and they, and I worked with a lady and her sister worked at Tony's Pizza there. And she says, it has given her such dignity. And that paycheck, oh, she never has to worry about a disability check because it's more than what she would ever get. And she says, I just thank God for that place. Isn't that cool? Anyway, back to the, so Hal's making chocolate chip cookies. Now, if the person who taught Hal how to make chocolate chip cookies, his mother, originally taught him how to make chocolate chip cookies, had gone ahead and taught him how to make chocolate chip cookies from scratch, and Hal says, oh, that's interesting, but okay. And, but he did not apply the lessons she taught him about how to make chocolate chip cookies. When he went to work as a baker and he went to make chocolate chip cookies, they probably would all came out peanut butter cookies <laughs> because he didn't apply what he learned. So when we're talking about the incarnation and ourselves being born again, if we don't apply what Jesus taught us from his incarnation, how are we ever going to get saved? Now, now, let's look at uh, what it says here. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Oh, that's so cool. To redeem them that were under the law. In effect, all of humanity is under the law of God, which man, due to his fallen condition, could not keep. Everybody's under the law. But Jesus came and redeemed us by keeping the law perfectly and above all satisfying its penalty on the cross, which was death. And all you have to do is accept what Jesus did for you and ask him into your heart. Isn't that good news? Aren't you glad you don't have to go around and knock on so many doors to get saved? Hmm. Al, um, I just noticed here, you're five do doors shut. You're five doors short of your salvation. And I was checking the ledger here, and you didn't collect enough money. You're $2 short of collecting enough money for salvation. Aren't you glad we don't have to go through that? If somebody described, oh, uh, this cult says you can be saved if you run around that tree three times, jump over that log, and run your head into the, the other tree as fast as you can. Well, if I have to get concussion to get saved, that's ridiculous. Jesus makes it so simple. All you have to do is believe and ask him into your heart and just say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. It's that simple. And that's why there's people who reject Jesus because he makes it so simple. Wait a second. I like the fact he makes it simple. Simple is good. Simple is great. 
simple. He is wonderful. And then the verse says that we might receive the adoption of sons. That we can become the sons of God, the daughters of God by adoption. Isn't that cool? Once you become a child of the King of Kings or the Heavenly Father, man, there's nothing you can't do. We were surprised last night when we were watching a documentary about somebody. Well, Garth Brooks. We kind of like his music and we were watching his documentary. And it turns out his oldest daughter is in seminary training for the ministry. I think she said Fuller Theological Seminary. I can't remember. It was so quick. But she's in training to become, you see, there's no limits. Why do we put limits on people? When you get saved, there is no limits what you can do for God. None whatsoever. And then the baby of the family, just like Garth is the baby of the family, his, his youngest daughter is singing. Never did figure out what the middle child's doing, but uh, that's what those two are doing. And they all thank God that Miss Trish came into their life because Dad can't cook. <laughs> that was so cute. Dad can't cook. We got tired of having macaroni and cheese all the time, whatever else. <laughs> and Tyson chicken. <laughs> and mac and cheese. <laughs> Mistress, Mistress, Mama T can really cook. <laughs> As if you've ever seen her show on the Food Network, you know. I, I had to grab my, this is my, one of my, my old Bibles that I used to preach from all the time. I had to grab it the, the other day, and I just felt like using this one this morning. And as I was getting ready to put the marker in the right place this morning, I, I kind of, oh, it just flipped open to the front. And this is kind of fun, because I found that one of my children had left me a pretty picture when they were little <laughs> in the front of my Bible. <laughs> it might have been Emily or Andrew, and I don't know which, because when I got this Bible, they would have been pretty young. Um, Emily probably might have been just born. And so one of them put a pretty picture in the front of my Bible. And so um, I thought that was funny. I haven't shown that to Aunt Bodie yet to see what one of his siblings did. I'm not sure if that's a puppy dog or what it is, because I can kind of make out an ear and a face. <laughs> and so, um, and of course, if I asked the child, they would go, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the miracle of sonship is what this is talking about. And because ye are sons, this is, a, this is a miracle that we've been adopted by God. Amen. Do you know what adoption actually means? Adoption actually... It drove me nuts when Ronald Reagan died. Because his oldest two kids were adopted. Maureen already had passed away before she got cancer and she passed away. But his son Michael, who loved his, loves, loved his dad dearly and loved Nancy... Um, during the whole funeral, the press had to keep on saying, his children, Ron and daughter, whatever. 
and, their, and his adopted son, Michael. Well, Michael's the oldest kid. Adoption doesn't mean that you're... No, adoption means that you are that person's child, as though you were born of them. They are your flesh and blood. That's how it's looked at. That's pretty cool. And we are adopted by God the Father when we get saved. And we become his actual children. There is nothing that he looks at you as second class. No, you are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, the Bible says. Now, here's the cool thing. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Father. And because you are his sons, it says... You know what that means? We now have many privileges. And we are to operate in those privileges by faith. But the sad thing is most Christians don't. Because they don't understand their adoption. We have many privileges. <clears throat> we can actually come into the throne room of God through prayer. We can actually talk to him directly and ask him anything in Jesus' name. And yet we don't take advantage of the privileges we have. God has sent forth his son. I mean, God has set forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. Because we are sons and daughters, the Holy Spirit has been sent to take up his permanent residence in our hearts when we're saved. Now, any other, you know what, you're saved. You got the Holy Spirit to hook up his permanent residence in your heart when you ask Jesus in your heart. Now, your unsaved friend doesn't have that. What a privilege that is to have God living in you. Isn't that cool? I don't know about you, but it's cool to me. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. That is why I don't understand why some don't just yield to him and receive the gifts he has for them. Let me, let me put it this way. I don't understand why some won't yield to the Holy Spirit and receive the gifts he has for them. Now, this is cool, because it's Christmas time, right? Have you put the gifts under the tree yet? No. Uh, we, we haven't been doing that for the last few years, but this year we decided, nah, we're just going to do it. And then we don't have to wait till the kid is asleep on um, Christmas Eve, because we always have family over, and we have to, we got to give them, oh my word, we got to give them meatballs. And, we, and they got to be made just right. And we got to have the cheese cut up just right. And the meat just cut just right. And have the right kind of crackers. And we have to have all these good things. And we have to have the cookies nicely displayed. And we have to have all these things nice on Christmas Eve. Because, you know, um, if we don't, Ray's brother might look at her funny saying, well, you didn't just throw it on paper plates like I would have. Anyway... <laughs> Right? So it's a lot of work, and then we have to clean up because the next day they're all coming back for supper. I mean, dinner that day. Well, lunch for you, Karen. Um, 
So this year, we've just put it all there, and that's how it is, because, you know, he's six now, you know, so it's changed a little bit. And so we got it all out there, and his eyes are big like this. And we found that for discipline, oh, he's already lost one gift from under the tree because he um, really couldn't list. But we also told him, because I'm a merciful dad, that you can earn it back to be put back under there. And so between now and Christmas. So it's not like, you know, God is merciful. We've got to teach our kids what mercy is. God is merciful to us. When we sin, what does he do? He convicts our heart. He gets us to change our behavior. But he's merciful. So, okay. But here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's taking a permanent residence in your heart, why wouldn't you want to receive? Okay, now, the gift he has for you. Let me ask you a question. Your husband, your boyfriend, okay, your kid, goes out and finds the perfect gift in their eyes for you, okay? And they wrap it all up. And pretty paper, pretty ribbon, and a bow, and it doesn't have to be blue. I knew your, your, your mind was going. <laughs> and they get it all wrapped up. And they walk up to you and say, here, here's your Christmas gift from me. <clears throat> now, I saw somebody got a Christmas gift this morning from their secret Santa pal and got their Christmas gift this morning. What, what did she do? Oh, it was so much fun. And, and for some reason, this person really knows the person they were giving to. And they didn't, they didn't just sit there, oh, look at this pretty gift. Oh, I'm just going to set it over here. I'm not going to receive it. I'm just going to set it over here because it's too pretty. No, rip open, ripped it all out of the package, and <coughs> started playing with the gift when I'm trying to teach. It was awesome. Because what was awesome about it is the person who gave it to them knew this person and everything that they liked. Now, the Holy Spirit has a gift for you. Listen, the Holy Spirit has a gift for you from the Heavenly Father. He's already saved me. What do I need another gift for? That was the greatest gift I could ever receive. But like any father, he wants to give us more. Okay. Janice, while Karen was growing up, did you only give her one Christmas present on her first Christmas? No. No. You kept on giving her presents, didn't you? Right. Why would, after God the Father saved us, which was the greatest present, he didn't have to do nothing more for us. He got more gifts for us because he's like any other parent who wants to give to his children. And why wouldn't we receive it and open it up and say, yes, this is mine. And get all excited like Timey did at Sunday school. Well, everybody knew, except for those who weren't here, knew it was Timey. So I can say Timey. <laughs> Why wouldn't we want to take that gift that the Holy Spirit has for us? And he gives us the gift that he wants to give us. We don't get the choice. He gives us what he thinks is the best gift for us. So yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Let him give you that gift. And here's, here's the next part of the verse. Crying, Abba, Father. 
crying, Abba, Father. Let me read this again. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. This means, now listen up. Because a lot of times we just think this means uh, we can call God the Heavenly Father Daddy. Because that's what Abba Father means, it's Daddy. It's that really intimate relationship, you know, that a child has with their parent. But this means it is the Holy Spirit who's doing the crying. And does so to the Father on our behalf. Ooh, that makes it even deeper, doesn't it, than just being able to call the Heavenly Father Daddy. It's the Holy Spirit, it's saying, that's crying, Abba, Father, <coughs> on our behalf. Man, what a gift. What a gift. Don't we need that? Don't we need somebody crying forth for us? Man, how many here have a perfect life? Nope, I don't see any hands going up. How many here have stresses? How many here have problems? How many here has knuckleheads in their life? Right? And isn't it good to know that somebody is on our side crying out to God the Father saying, Help her with those knuckleheads? It also shows us that God the Father wants an intimate relationship with us. That's why he sent forth his son to die for us. So that we can have an intimate relationship with him. That's why you should be reading your Bible. That's why you should be praying. That's why you should worship him. I want us to get to the point when we worship, we get lost with the Lord. And we can have that. We're going to be a church that's known for being in divine order and loving the Lord and getting people saved. Wherefore, verse 7, and I'm ready to land this plane. <laughs> Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son than an heir of God through Christ. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. Refers to the standing we have in Christ because of our faith in Christ. Did you hear that? And the servant that's talked about here is not... And the servant that's talked about here is not a slave. It's a servant by choice. They had a policy in Rome, in the Roman Empire, that they would conquer people and they would all become slaves. You know, our, our, our poor folks in America would be considered slaves. And... Um, it would be ridiculous. Anyway, we can't go with that analogy any further because slaves, it's a horrible thing. Anyway, you could become a beloved slave in the master's family. And your, your master's family loves you so much that one day they come to you and say, guess what, Hal? We want to set you free. Well, Hal's going, 
That sounds good. We're going to set you free. We're, we're, you're no longer going to be a slave. You're going to be a free man. Hell's going, oh, cool. But then Hal thinks about it. Wait a second. I'm one of the family. I haven't had to wait the table for years. I'm usually sitting at master's table and eating with the family. And I go, right, I go hunting with master. And I, I, in fact, I don't even call him master anymore. I call him by his first name and we become good friends. <coughs> in fact, the other day we were fishing on the LGNC. And we had so much fun that I even teased him a little bit and he didn't get mad at me. And now, wait a second, I don't want to leave. I want to be one of the family. As so you go up to the master and say, uh, nope, <clears throat> I don't want to be set free. We're like family. It's like we're brothers. And the master looks at him and says, really? You don't want to be set free? No. The master says, you mean you want to choose to stay with us? Yes. And you know what the master would do? He would take Hal to the barn. What is he going to do to the barn? Could have put horseshoes on him. No, he's not going to do that. <laughs> he would go to the, the tool chest and take out an awe. Now, an awe, if you know anything about carpentry, is what sets nails in. You know, you can only drive a nail so far. Then you take the awe, put it against the nail, take the hammer, and you can actually put the finished nail where it needs to go. Then you can put the putty over it, and nobody knows the nail's there. That's what an awe is for. And he would take the awe out of the toolbox. And Hal knew this was coming, and they would walk over to the side of the barn, to the door. And Hal would take his earlobe and put it against the barn door, and his master would take that off, put it against the... Now this is nothing like going to the mall and getting your ears pierced. And it, because that's a, that's a smaller needle than this thing. Uh, an awe is a good, you, can, you know the post that you got in your... No, this is a bigger... And he would go ahead, put that awe against his earlobe, take that hammer and go boom, and put a big old hole in Al's earlobe. Now, it would show everybody that Hal was staying with his master by choice, but now Hal was no longer considered a slave. He was considered a member of the family because he chose to stay with them because of his, their great love for one another. Now, that's the kind of servant we are but we're no longer slaves, it says. You're no longer more a servant. We've gone beyond servant. We have gone beyond just choosing to stay and getting a hole in our head. I mean, our ear. <laughs> but it says more of a servant, but a son, and of a son than an heir of God through Christ, because we have been adopted. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You see that line there, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ, this proclaims the fact that all privileges, <clears throat> now listen, all privileges <coughs> which belong to Christ now belongs to us as well. And this miracle can be yours. And all you have to do is open up your hearts to Jesus. And you too can be a son or daughter of, of God the Father. You too can have all those privileges. And you can know for yourself the true miracle of Christmas. So those who are listening by, at home, if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart yet, 
Why not do it today and experience the miracle of Christmas for yourself? All you have to do is ask, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. And I thank you you also rose for me as well. Thank you, Father, for making me a son and daughter, son or daughter. And thank you that heaven will be my home when I close my eyes to this world. If you prayed that prayer at home with me today, welcome to the family of God. Welcome. And we want to hear from you. We got a movie we want to send you. It's for free. You don't have to send us any money if you want. If you ask Jesus into your heart today or in a couple weeks ago, um, just go to our website, and that is wapitonnewlife.org, wapitonnewlife.org, and just go to the con um, contact button, click on there, send us an email saying, I got saved today. Let us know that you got saved today, and just leave us, we're not going to ask for money, we're not going to do that. Just leave, tell us your name so we can be praying for you, also so that you can receive the movie um, <clears throat> let us know your address, and my, assist, my assistant, my administrative assistant, will make sure that gets in the mail to you, okay? And um, because we want to give you a Christmas present for Christmas, and also say welcome to the family, because, and it's a movie all about Jesus, and it's all from the book of Luke, and you will so enjoy it. And so we want to hear from you. Um, and if there's anything we can do to help you with your walk in Christ, just let us know. So just go to wapetonnewlife.org, W-A-H-P-E-T-O-N, um, newlife.org. And maybe in the future we can include that website um, with our podcasts that are sent out with the title so that you can see it there so you won't have to guess on how to spell Wapetin. <laughs> so... Praise the Lord. Amen. God is so good. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for this season of love, this season of peace, this season where, Father, you sent your Son into this world, born of a virgin, to grow up and die on a rugged cross so that we could be saved. We thank you, Lord, that he just didn't die, but he also rose again on the third day. And, Lord, we are looking forward to him coming back again. We praise you and thank you, Lord, that we can live for you and live through you, Jesus. And Lord, help us to reach somebody who doesn't know you this week, in Jesus' name, so that they can be saved as well. We praise you for this. And all God's people say, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Please invite your friends this Christmas Eve so that they can receive a miracle of, if they don't know Jesus, of Jesus in them. Amen? And so... Um, <clears throat> uh,